Well, greetings, Imagination Connoisseurs. Once again, it is I, your Duke of Dope Discourse, and your existential Mr. Rogers, Robert Meyer Burnett, here for the John Campia Show. It's another companion video. I want to thank John Campia for letting me do these, and I want to thank all of you for letting me, well, letting me do these too, because John seems to think you like them. So here I am, and I'm just going to jump right into it. Alan sends in a tip and says, Hi, John. Bob Chapek said Shang-Chi would be an experiment with the performance of Free Guy. Hasn't that been answered? And does Free Guy's performance show Warner Brothers and Disney that releasing their movies theatrically exclusively is the way to go? Well, Alan, you'd think. I mean, obviously, Free Guy has been performing well. But, you know, I think, look, during the pandemic, I, I'm of the personal opinion that all movies should be released theatrically. It ups their value in secondary markets. And I think putting movies out day and date diminishes their box office. I don't know if we're ever going to get to a time where we're going to have billion-dollar blockbusters again. But I think having movies come out in theaters and earning money, and I'm not even convinced of the new 45-day window. But for the most part, I think that, yeah, movies should be coming out theatrically. And I think that Free Guy proves that, look, Shang-Chi, hopefully Shang-Chi being an experiment. I mean, what, what experiment is that? Uh, I think it's a wonderful film. I hope it does well at the box office. We shall see. Anonymous sends in a tip and says, I got to see Shang-Chi last week for the IMAX early screenings. I agree with John. It's top-tier MCU, best origin story they've done. I get why some felt there were pacing issues, but to me, lack of action wasn't lack of momentum. Ooh, Anonymous, I like that. Lack of action wasn't lack of momentum. I agree. I think Shang-Chi is a wonderful movie. You know, I saw it with John, and uh, I have nothing but praise to lavish on the film. I'm glad you liked it. And, man, I, you know, I want to go see it in IMAX. I have not seen it in IMAX. I think I need to see it in IMAX. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Ethan Holgate sends in a tip and says, I did it, John. I took your recommendation, and I did a Free Guy and the Suicide Squad double feature, and you were right. What a fun experience that was. I love Free Guy, and I loved my fourth viewing of The Suicide Squad. The same woman who served my ticket said, Oh my God, seeing me again. Laugh out loud. Well, you know, it's always good to have people at movie theaters that know you. Maybe they'll give you free tickets. Uh, what a great fun time at the movie. Congra movies. Congratulations. Most excellent. Uh, Jesse sends in a tip and says, uh, Do you think Denis Villeneuve is putting as much attention to detail and love into Dune as Peter Jackson did with Lord of the Rings? And do you think Dune will be as big as Lord of the Rings? By the way, I started watching you when I was a freshman in college. Or, pardon me, a freshman in high school. Well, Jesse, first of all, I'm going to thank you for supporting the channel. And uh, I'm glad John has been a part of your life for so long. Of course, wait a minute. If you were a freshman in high school, you might be like a sophomore in high school, which means you've only been watching John for two days. Who knows? Or two, two years. But uh, no, I'm kidding. Thank you for watching and tuning in. Good question about Lord of the Rings, though. You know... Having worked on the special features for the extended versions, I know that there was an entire country behind making the Lord of the Rings movies under, of course, Peter Jackson's leadership. Um, so many talented people made those movies. Now, I think that there's just as much love being put into Dune, but it's more at a, at a studio level. Lord of the Rings, those films are very handcrafted. Uh, that's really a testament to all the Kiwis, everybody in New Zealand. It was really, it was, it was made, that movie was made by the entire country. So yeah, I mean, I, uh, fantastic, fantastic work. Um, but I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't compare and contrast the love. I think there was just as much love probably put into both. 
I don't think Dune will be as big as Lord of the Rings because it's not it's not as family friendly or it's not as four quadrant friendly. It's it's a pretty heady, it's a pretty in-depth story. It's a little less accessible than than um Dune is less accessible than Lord of the Rings. So I don't know. Um we'll see. I can't wait. Uh, Jeff Solomon says, thought on mutants. I think mutants are here all along. I agree. Result of Eternals procreating with humans over thousands of years. Eternals trailer comment on no interference unless deviants involved plays into why we haven't seen them. Totally agree, Jeff. I'm a huge fan of the Eternals, and that's why they were told to lay low by the Celestials. But if, uh, if I think what's going to happen is going to happen, the Earth is about to be judged by the Celestials. And uh, the Eternals are going to have to step in to make sure humanity is not wiped off the face of the universe. So, yeah. Shreyas S. says, Hi, John. You've very confidently said that the main iterations of Nat and Tony will return. But I honestly disagree. Are you open to the notion that maybe you could be wrong? Let's say it's 2025 and still no Tony or Natasha. Would that convince you? Just curious. Well, Shreyas, I don't want to speak for John, but... um, I don't think Tony Stark and Nat are going to return into the MCU. I mean, maybe Tony Stark will be a hologram or he'll show up as uh, an AI or something. But I, you know, I, I, I just don't think that, um, I don't think they're going to return. I think, I think they're truly gone. I think it would diminish the characters, but, um, yeah, 2025, if they hadn't shown up yet, I think that's probably a good bet. I like that idea. I'll take that bet. Alan sends in a tip and says, Hi, John. I don't know if you ever saw this on Instagram, but your Superman, a.k.a. Henry Cavill, apparently knows how to make homemade pizza. Would you rather have Chris Carr make you a meal or have Cavill make you a homemade pizza and eat it with him? Well, first of all, uh, I I can answer that. I love the lovely Chris Carr, and to be around her is to feel nothing but love for her because she is a delightful human being. Um, But... I mean, if you had an opportunity to hang out with Henry Cavill for the day, I've got to pick Henry Cavill because how often, like I think if I called up Chris Chris Carr and said, hey, can we hang out? I'd have to ask her husband for permission, but I think maybe she would. Whereas Henry Cavill, I can't just make that phone call. So I think I'm going to take Henry Cavill. No slight on Chris, though, because I love her to death. Dangerous D sends in a tip and says, hi, John. I sent a comment about CW and DC shows. And I suggest they shorten the season. You said that's not the answer, but the shows have become crappy. Even you said out of all the DC and CW shows, you gave up on them except for Doom Patrol. Uh, I think there's still something. Hang on, one of two. Dangerous D. Uh, Suggest a long season break like eight months to a year between seasons, much like Doom Patrol's doing. That's why it's a good show. That way the creative juices have time to figure out good plot points. What do you think? And bring on the pithy, my friend. (laughs) <laughs> bring on the filthy my friend um uh i think that's pithy and filthy and i like that dangerous d i think that yeah i think that in this day and age i mean i think back to star trek the next generation they would do 26 episode seasons you know and i i'm like i i don't think the current creators of modern tv have that in them you know that's that's a lot to ask so i think probably right that we um if they break up the seasons and have less episodes I think it's probably a better idea. Spend more time making sure your scripts are really airtight and come up with something great. I totally agree with you. 
Jack Lumber sends in a tip and says, have you watched the CM Punk debut last Friday, either on TV or on the AEW YouTube channel? It's seriously the loudest I've heard a crowd since the Raw after WrestleMania, after Ronan Reigns built the, beat The Undertaker. I said Roman Reigns beat The Undertaker and the crowd booed and cussed at Reigns for eight minutes. Well, as you all know, I know very little about uh, all of those things, but I can tell you, Jack Lumbers, I'm sure you're correct. I bet the crowd was that loud, and I've heard Roman Reigns. Uh, I understand where that was, so I actually want to go back and watch that because I would like to see the crowd for eight minutes screaming and yelling. That would be fun. Um, that's pretty cool. CM Punk, I'll have to look it up. Greg says... Tipping to show you some support again and to mention Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because it's funny to watch the chat tell me to let it go. Laugh out loud. Love, much love, everyone. Well, Greg, you know what? Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there was, I, you know, I didn't hate it. There was some stuff in there that I liked. I thought it was good. So, yeah. Uh, don't, lever, don't, don't ever let a crowd tell you to let something go. You hang on to it. You hang on to it fiercely. Suthius. Hello, Suthius. Out of this message, uh, as of this message, it is 8.23. Shang-Chi is just about two weeks away, yet some people are already posting spoiler reviews. Seriously? Sure, they have the word spoilers in their title, but that just gives other people ammunition to use against others. Jeez. Yeah, I don't... Look, man, I don't understand uh, this this wanting somebody, like, wanting Shang-Chi to fail. It's a wonderful film. It's just a wonderful, entertaining time at the movies. I'll defend it to my dying day. It's great. It doesn't need me to defend it because the proof's in the pudding. Um, you'll see. You'll love it. And if you don't love it, well, I will listen to that opinion too. But I think you're really going to like it. But yeah, I don't understand. Like, why do people Why do people have to do that? The movie's going to come out. It'll be judged on its own merits. Why do you have to publish spoiler reviews? I mean, what are you, looking for clicks? Why? Uh, yeah, I don't like that. Chris says, hey, John, love to all you do. Did you ever get the chance to watch I Am Heath Ledger? Uh, if not, it's all good. Just wondering if you did. I have not watched it. Also, did you see the new pics of John Cho and the cast as Spike and his crew for Netflix's Cowboy Bebop? They look awesome. You know, Chris, I'm with you, first of all. Uh, I have not seen I Am Heath Ledger, but I would watch it. But as for Cowboy Bebop, I mean, uh, it's not going to look like the animation because it's, uh, you know, animation is animation and uh, live action is real. Animation is, of course, not real. Live action is. So, look, I thought it looked great. Everyone's complaining that it doesn't look like animation. You can't make something look like animation in live action. You have to change it. Things have to be changed. But I, I can't wait. I think it looks great. I like John Cho. He looks good as Spike. I think, it, I think it's going to be good. I can't wait to see it. Peter Cunnington sends in a tip and says, I live in Victoria, B.C., Canada, and our entire province has now instigated a vaccine passport, which is good because I want to keep going to the movies. Now I don't have to worry about going with unvaccinated people. This is the second province after Quebec. Uh, you know what, Peter? I like that. I've been, Victoria was the first place in Canada. I'm from Seattle. Uh, and they used to have the Princess Marguerite have a crumpet and tea. And we would go to uh, Victoria on the Princess Marguerite. Let's go to Victoria on the Princess Marguerite. Dun -dun -dun -dun. And then you hear the ding, ding. Anyway, uh, that makes me want to go back there because I love Victoria. It's beautiful. What a place to live. Nicely done. Uh, Orange Go 55 sends in a tip and says, In your opinion, why do you think Bob Iger and the board picked Chapek? And why haven't they voted him out yet if things are as bad as Hollywood trades claim? Thanks for all you do, John. Well, I think, look... 
you know, you get promoted in the company. You, there's certain things, considerations, contracts, things like that. I think that it was, of all the people that worked at Disney, he probably had earned the position. Uh, the thing is, you know, not everybody has a background. Uh, Bob Iger had a very varied background in entertainment. Had a number of different skill sets that I think that Bob Chapek might not have. Chapek's been a, a corporate guy, a company man. But that doesn't necessarily make you able to deal with talent and all kinds of things. I think that, it, you know, Chapek is seen as a stabilizing force. And obviously, I mean, taking power during a global pandemic when so much of your business is servicing the public, it's got to be tough when things are locked down. So I would give old Bob Chapek, I'd give him a little bit of time, see where see where it shakes out. If they have to replace him later, they can replace him later. But the guy needs a fair shake, I think. It's not like the stock price is dropping. Uh, Lewis Godden sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, I tipped the first time about a month ago, but something went wrong with my PayPal, even though it's all sorted out now. One part of my question went through. I just wrote in to apologize for the inconvenience. That's all. I'll try again soon. Well, Lewis, what a very nice thing for you to do. How very, you're a very considerate man you are. Uh, thank you for that. And uh, we do look forward to the next question. Hopefully, you'll ask a question when I'm actually live on the show so I can help answer it. And I can weigh in. I can opine. So, um, yeah, that'd be cool. But um, I'm, uh, I'm glad it's all sorted. Bojax sent in a tip and says, Okay, John, the Far From Home trailer is finally here. Now everyone can start demanding the second trailer. Something I noticed at the 30-second mark is a guy in a white shirt and black tie. Call me crazy, but I think that's Matt Murdock. Now tell me why I am wrong. Look, man, if the rumors are true, we might see Matt Murdock in Spider-Man. I don't know. I mean, J. Jonah Jameson's there, right? I mean, I, I think all bets are off. I don't want to make any predictions or anything, but I think we're going to be in for a heck of a ride. Carnell B. says, wow, John. Wow, Dr. Strange looks awesome awesome that being said the story looks very intriguing i'm not complaining but i think uh i think about all the help that toby mcguire's spider-man had in his trilogy oh wait toby handled his own love the show yeah carnell that's the one thing i worry about is are, is this too overstuffed with non is spider-man gonna be a guest star in his own movie i hope not because it kind of feels a little bit like that but i could be wrong uh, Carnell B goes on to say, if Strange's spell retroactively wipes memories of Peter's identity before Mysterio's reveal, I know this is a stretch, but shouldn't Peter not have the Iron Spider suit? If now no one will have known who he is, it'd be a nice way to get him out of that suit. Could be. That's interesting. Um, I mean, he did, yeah, he got that suit in, uh, in uh, Infinity War. So, and that was given to him when he went off world. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it depends how far back they're going to go. I'm really curious. I'm curious, but I don't know. Starscream sends in a tip and says, Ned Leeds is there. I believe it's the Hobgoblin. What are your thoughts? <laughs> um, it could be. I mean, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of misinformation. I think there's a lot of misdirection happening. Uh, Hobgoblin, Green Goblin, who's Goblin, our Goblin. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, 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 don't know. I don't know if we should speculate. I don't want to be disappointed. Everyone's already saying Mephisto's in it. I'm like, come on, I'm not going down that road again, even if Mephisto does show up, because it could be a riff on one fine day. Who knows? Could be, though. Could be. We have to see. Ryan Loner says, and now we see the big downside about the Ralph uh, Boner thing that I was worried about. I'm having a very hard time getting excited about Alfred Molina now that I know there's a non-zero chance he's just Ralph's cousin Woody. Yeah, I agree, man. They're playing. They're playing with us, 
And uh, the movie better deliver because whatever's percolating in No Way Home and percolating in um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I'm expecting great things. So I, I just, again, I don't want Spider-Man to be a guest star in his own movie. We shall see. Yeah. Uh, Suthia says, sigh. Here we go again. In No Way Home trailer, there's a quick shot of a guy in a white shirt and tie, but he doesn't show his face. Immediately, some people said, it's confirmed. That is Charlie Cox. Could it be? Sure. I don't think it is. That guy's kind of pudgy. You could be right about that, Suthius, but I'm going to wait. I'm not, you know what? I'm not going to speculate. I'll wait and see another trailer. We'll see. We'll see where it's going to go. I don't know. Uh, Bradley Alonzo says, so where does this leave J. John Jameson? He's part of Tom Holland's Spider-Man now, right? Or Tobey Maguire? I don't know. Don't know. Not going to speculate. I don't know. Where does it leave J. Jonah Jameson? We're going to have to find out. Tim Tracy sends in a tip and says, One of two, it's been a while. Like many, I love the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. I do have a curious question, though. At the 240 mark of the trailer, right as one of Doc Ock's tentacles comes out, there's a light blue circle that looks like a portal in the background. What are then changes that the villains either get or make portal technology, or is that somehow related to Strange? It even has a wind-up sound when the portal opens. What are your thoughts? And have fun in Vegas. Well, Tim, that's a good question. I mean, I again, I, I don't know. It could be portals. I mean, obviously, Doctor Strange is involved, so there's probably a lot of portals. Is Wong there? I don't know. I mean, you know, is he going to come back? Is I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on with who or where, and I think there's not enough to go on yet. We have to know more. We have to know more. So I don't know. I don't know. I To be honest, I don't know. And I don't want to, like, you know, say something and have somebody go, well, Rob Burnett said on uh, the John and Capley Show companion video that it's going to be this. I really don't know, and I'm, I'm intrigued. I like the fact that I don't know. You know, as I, as I get older, I've been um, spoiling myself less and less. Because I'd rather just go in and watch a movie cold the way I used to when I was a kid. I didn't know much. So, but we'll see. Drunken One Kenobi says, hello, John. We just got the new Spider-Man trailer, and I will speculate responsibly here. What if Peter is the one that crossed to the villain's universe? He will need to find other Doctor Stranges and will need the other spiders to help find his way home. I really like that. Uh, maybe that's the whole crux of the movie is that Peter, that's why it's called No Way Home. Like he can't get back to his own universe. That would be pretty dope. You know what? I really like that drunken one, Kenobi. I'm going with that. I'm, I'm now, I'm now uh, uh, putting that in my own headcanon. Stubble McShave, my friend, how are you? With the presentation of MGM, what are your thoughts on the Amazon purchase? Do you think Amazon are after the prestige? And do you think they'll keep future movies in theaters if the deal goes through? Well, Stubble, I do. I think that they want a prestige label. They want a, a company that's already been releasing movies theatrically. Because Amazon Studios, I mean, it didn't have the panache. Now that MGM is going to say an Amazon company, and coming out from MGM, I think, gives them, uh, it elevates them, especially in a the theatrical space. So I think that's what they're doing that for and why they did it in the first place. So I think it's a very good bet. They are after the prestige. John writes in and says, one of two, I like to take advantage of my schedule by going to the movies in the early afternoon. Less traffic, less people, lower COVID risk. My go-to theater is a Regal RPX, mainly due to its proximity to my house. 
I was going to try out the AMC Dolby Theater for Shang-Chi since I found out that AMC Unlimited includes Dolby. I went to Showtimes and saw one Showtime on the first Friday of release. Regal has four. AMC just lost a potential membership. Well, were they sold out? There was only one Showtime? That's so strange. I don't know why. Um, that's very bizarre. Uh, you know what, though? AMC does a really good job. Once you have going to one of their Dolby Cinemas, just check it out. Um, but if you don't like it, then I would say bail on them. Connor, one of two. Hey, John, I'm a longtime fan of the show since 2018, and this is my first time writing in. I was just wondering, have you heard any hints of what Sony and Disney may do with Spider-Man after their current deal? We talked about that a lot today. I hope he stays in the MCU, but it seems Sony is gearing up to use Spider-Man with Keaton in the Morbius trailer, as well as Feige's optimism about Marvel's relationship with Sony moving forward. I honestly do not know what they're doing. Thanks. Well, as we speculated today on the John Campia show, I think that they are, they've got one more Spider-Man movie. This is the Spider-Man movie. Then they have one more appearance of Spider-Man. I think Sony's going to take back Spider-Man. And that doesn't mean that Marvel can't go to them and say, hey, bruh, can we uh, use Spider-Man for a movie? But I think that they're going to take... I wouldn't be surprised if we see another Spider-Man trilogy that's done all at Sony. All in. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Jonathan says, If half the rumors are true, then Spider-Man No Way Home could be the Spider-Man movie to end all Spider-Man movies, effectively making an ending for those three generations of movies. Toby, Garfield, and now Holland. Uh, could very well be. Uh, I think also it could just be the jumping off point for Spider-Man to return home to Sony entirely. Uh, but you might be right about that. I'm not totally sure what's going to happen. But um, one never knows. But I think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be interesting to see. But I like the idea that it caps off all of the live-action Spider-Man movies and makes them all canon. These universes are canon. I, I love that. I think it's really, really cool. But I don't know. Jonathan goes on to say, and if you're worried the MCU multiverse will get messy, there was a report about all these writers sitting down and planning the rules for their multiverse, so it seems like it won't be, let's do whatever we want. They'll actually be organized. Well, I would hope so, uh, because they're going to need to be. The rules of the multiverse need to be a little bit more well-defined, because obviously, with what Kang did and what happens, I, they've got to they've they've tell us what's up and where we're going and who's doing what to whom and how is that going to work, and how do they put the multiverse back in, in order? Uh, so I, I think we need to know. We're better off knowing. Anton Riley sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, I know you've been busy with CinemaCon, but have you or will you watch episode three of What If? Don't want to spoil it, but there was What If the Avengers were killed before they all got together, and it was very intriguing. Best episode so far. Ooh, I'm going to watch that tonight. I haven't watched it. Dangerous D sends in a tip and says, Have you seen this trailer of Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig called deadly adoption it's a family who bring this bring bring this pregnant woman in their lives looks like a 90s made for tv film it's cheesy and ridiculous and they play it like serious drama is this fake well dangerous do you know i remember that they had done they did they had done another movie like that so i think is it fake no they're they're actually doing it but i think it's supposed to be a send-up a parody uh you're not supposed to take it totally seriously i think uh royce freeman Sends in a tip and says, I heard the baby who was on the Nirvana album cover, now grown, wants to sue them for using his naked image without his consent. 
Thoughts on parents allowing album to show him naked and if you feel he can legally sue later since he didn't consent as a baby. Royce, I've been following this. This is absolutely true what Royce is saying. The guy who's now 30 who appears on Nirvana's cover of Nevermind as a baby, as a naked baby underwater chasing a dollar bill on a hook, is now suing them for some kind of pornography? I mean, he's been treading on that. I mean, he would go to conventions and sign his name and... People would celebrate him. I think he's. this is just a shameless cash grab. I think it's uh, not great. He's been trading on this or, or making money off it for a long time. He should be proud that he his young little nubbin shows up on the cover of an album. I mean, what's wrong with that? Um, you know, if I could have been a baby and been on the cover of Nirvana's Nevermind album, I absolutely would have. I would have a giant, I'd probably have bedspreads and sheets made with that image just because that's how cool it would be. So I think it's a little silly that it's not like, oh, now I'm 30, now I'm going to sue them. Like, come on, you've didn't 20 or 10 years ago, he was signing cover, he was signing the album cover. I mean, it's like, come on. Uh, Your Name sends in a tip and says, before her career took, took off, when I'd be watching shows on the CW in the late 2000s and early 2010, I would be pleasantly surprised to see my cousin on TV, especially if the character is recurring for a few episodes. Uh, well, that would be cool too. I would love it if my cousin showed up on TV. Uh, but I noticed you didn't say who that was. So I don't know. Um, yeah. So I think that's, uh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, is your cousin still acting? Uh, Mighty JT sends in a very generous tip. Thank you, Mighty JT. Hey, John, your dear Evan Hansen argument with Aaron had me dying. He was born when the Bee Gees were popular. Come on, John, haven't you watched the new documentary about the Bee Gees that Frank Marshall, the husband of Kathleen Kennedy, made? The Bee Gees are always going to be popular. Always. Don't you diss on the Bee Gees. How are you? Who are you? You're a song and dance man. Uh, Lonely days, lonely nights, man. Nights on Broadway. Come on, the Bee Gees are always good. Ryan Lohner. And by the way, Mighty JT, thank you for the generous tip. Uh, Ryan Lohner sends in a tip and says, here's my crazy idea for No Way Home. Andrew Garfield Peters, the villain, trying to kidnap another universe's Gwen like Kingpin in the Spider-Verse. Hey, this is the guy who had no problem immediately breaking his promise to her dead father. Uh, I like that idea. I think that we just don't know what's going on, but I think that there are going to be those kinds of trans-universe shenanigans happening. I like that idea. Um, yeah, I uh, it could very well, that could, that, I uh, you might be onto something there. But I don't want to speculate. Scott Brown sends in a tip and said, absolutely love the CinemaCon coverage. I thought it was good, man. I watched all of John's and Aaron's videos. I thought it was really, really good. Absolutely love the CinemaCon coverage. Your wrap-up and breakdown shows were, were very entertaining. And you and Aaron were a blast to listen to. Hope you do this every year. Love the show. Well, Scott, we did do it last year. We didn't take, you know, Aaron. It was just me and John. I'm sorry I missed it. It was bumming me out. I was working in Portland, and I was missing the show. I was watching the recaps. I'm like, man, this is awesome. I wish I was there. Scott Brown says, it's driving me crazy what everyone is saying about the Spider-Man trailer. If that isn't Doctor Strange and really someone else posing as him, then how would they be able to do the magic? You'd have to be a sorcerer with years of knowledge and training to do it. You're right, Scott Brown. Um, I think, you know, why can't Doctor Strange wear a hoodie? Who knows? I don't know. But I agree with you. It, you can't just pick up the uh, web slingers or you can't pick up the the the, the, say, the, the spell slingers and just do it. You got to know. You got to train under the ancient one. 
Um, so I think you might be right. That's a that's a very good logic question to address. So I'm right there with you. Jonathan sends in a tip and says, Gotta admit, episode three of What If has the best premise so far of the show and executed really well. Starting to get used to the animation. This show is getting incrementally better. Still mostly meh, but it shows improvement. Yeah, well, uh, I, I liked the T'Challa episode. Um, but yeah, I think it's I, I, it's getting good. I haven't seen the third episode, but I'm going to go watch it. Scott Brown says, You mentioned Belfast at CinemaCon, so I wanted to recommend 71. It's a 2014 movie starring Jack O'Connell, who plays a soldier during the riots in Belfast. It's incredibly tense with nonstop pacing, and the score is absolutely amazing, and it's free to watch on Hulu. I saw that movie, and it's great, and it is tense. I loved it. Because, you know, I didn't know much about Belfast and all that. I think Americans need to know more, but it was good. I really liked it. I think you're absolutely right about that. Caleb sends in a tip and says, The top 10 most anticipated projects of 2021. 10, Benedetta. Can't wait for that. 9, The Matrix. Eight, Power of the Dog. Ooh, nice. Seven, Cyrano. Six, Dexter. Five, House of Gucci. Four, Last Night in Soho. That looks great. Three, Foundation. Two, No Time to Die. And one, Dune. Do any of these stand out to you? Yeah, I would say all of them. (laughs) I mean, Power of the Dog, that's a Jane Campion film. I don't know much about that. I haven't seen the trailer for it. And I don't know much about Cyrano, but everything else. House of Gucci, Ridley Scott, Dexter, can't wait. Uh, They're going to fix what they screwed up. Last Night in Soho, new Edgar Wright, bring it on. Foundation, I read those books when I was a kid, can't wait. No Time to Die, lifelong Bond fan, I can't wait. It looks epic and great. John said the nine minutes of footage they showed or something was amazing. And, of course, Dune, my most eagerly awaited movie of the year. I can't wait, Caleb. You have good taste, sir. Good taste. Thomas James Street sends in a tip and says, Hi, John, long-time listener, first-time questioner. I've been thinking... If Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are in No Way Home, do you think this could potentially open the door for Spider-Man 4 and Amazing Spider-Man 3? Thanks. No. I really don't. I don't think they're going to do that because their new Spider-Man, Tom Holland, is the big earner now. Uh, Far From Home made over a billion dollars, and I don't think they want to dilute their brands. Although, that said, anything's possible. Why not? Um, I'd watch them. <laughs> Nosferatu sends in a tip and says, besides Star Wars, what is something that will forever be an essential part of your childhood because of a family member? For me, it's Disney, since my late grandmother would take us to Disneyland every year as well as see the latest Disney movies. Ooh, that's a really good question, Nosferatu. Um, I'll tell you, you know what's an essential part of my childhood along those lines? When Alien opened in 1979, I was too young. Nobody was going to take me, and I, my, my, I bamboozled my grandfather. He would take me to movies, but he didn't know anything about Alien, and he took me. And um, when I was watching it, I was absolutely terrified. I was sitting next to him, and he was just very stoic because my grandfather was a stoic kind of guy. And I didn't want to show him that I was terrified, so I had to suck it up. And I, it was terrifying. And I'll always remember seeing Alien with my grandfather, and I could never let him know just how scared I was when we were watching it. But it was fun. A lot of fun. So it's, yeah, my Alien is forever associated with my grandfather for me. 
Uh, Nosferatu. Oh, I, you, I just answered that question. Nosferatu. Louis Terrasas. Hello, Louis. Hey, John, can you please hear me out and dismiss this? I think you need to give Robert his damn flowers and demonstrate that you were wrong on this prediction. Almost every other channel like yours is putting out legit information that is this phase. Feige is using Eternals and the multiverse to set up an entry point for X-Men. You always say, why do they keep asking me about this? Because us fans love the X-Men, hello. And all the channels like yours are saying that the movies, and they're going to say they've always been here. I I think they're going to say that too. Um, I think that's why we say it. Because it, it makes sense that we've always been here. I mean, it really, it really kind of does. Um, I think so. Because, you know, the, there's no reason why, why, even when the Chitauri attacked New York, you know, maybe the X-Men couldn't get it together. The attack happened over a couple of hours, if that. And, you know, by then, maybe the X-Men are just on Gray Malkin Lane. You know, you never know. Uh, Xavier's school is there teaching mutants. They just haven't, we haven't seen mutants uh, out in public yet. Armando says over under 20%. Toby Spider-Man says with great power comes great responsibility to Tom Spider-Man and No Way Home. Ooh. I'm going to go over on that. I bet something like that might happen. I'm going to go over. The Sock sends in a tip and says, Studios shortening the theatrical window was them playing just the tip. Them doing day and date was them going all in, no lube. Universal accept- accepting the 17-day deal was the stupidest friend in the friend group accepting ecstasy and trying to convince the rest. Uh, where's the Sock? Oh, I, I was, okay, there... Universal accepting the 17-day deal was the stupid friend in the friend group accepting ecstasy and trying to convince the rest to do it, I guess, what you're saying. Uh, I don't know, man, if you have good ecstasy, good MDMA. Uh, Marie uh, Seafriend says, Hey, John and crew, I just got the chance to see Minari on Amazon Prime. It is a beautiful story from A24 about Korean culture, family, the immigrant dream, and the best of rural America. Don't shy away because of the subtitles. Just a beautiful story. Thanks. Well, Marie, I've heard Minari is great, obviously, and uh, I have yet to see it. And I, I, I totally want to catch up with it. I'll totally do that. Uh, Garden Variety Vagabond sends in a tip. John, a fun Star Wars pop quiz, which should be easy for you. What actor acted in nine Star Wars movies and one series playing 10 separate roles and also appeared in all eight of the Harry Potter movies, playing four roles and the three Narnia films playing three roles. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Garden variety. Who? Somebody's got to know that. I, I don't. What actor acted in nine Star Wars movies and one series playing ten separate roles? I don't know. And appeared in all eight of the Harry Potter movies? I don't know. I, you know what? I, I want to do a cursory Google search so I don't look like an idiot. Uh, John, you should have figured out the pop quiz by now. Here's a related recommendation. I watched Val this weekend. Just amazing. Anyone who plans to watch Top Gun 2 should watch this first. It's on Amazon Prime. He had videotaped during every film he was in. He has amazing film of Brando, Sean Penn, Kevin Bacon, you name it. 
It is both heartbreaking and wonderful. It made me want to rewatch the amazing 19, 1988 Willow, which Prime follows it with great features. Uh, Val is great. I loved Val. Um, yeah. Garden Variety Vagabond says, and like an Ouroboros snake, it shows Warwick Davis was also filming backstage during the filming. John, you might also enjoy the series of original trailers from the original theatrical release as well. I highly recommend both Val and Willow. I saw Willow when it first came out. Willow has a monster named after Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel named the Ebersisk. It's the two-headed dragon. Um, Willow Yang, Willow, Willow Willow is here. Willow says... I hadn't seen the Dear Evan Hansen trailer, but the series of fights you had with Aaron made me finally watch it. Come on, John, the lead actor isn't that old. I also appreciate that he actually looks like an everyday person rather than a model. Well, that's good, too. I, I agree. I, I think the movie looks great. You know, I can't wait. I really want to see it. Looks great. What's not to love? The master debater tipped and says, Toxic fandom exists in music as well. For example, I posted on an Elvish... Elvish... An Elvis, an Elvis fan page site that Elvis is my third favorite singer after Elton John, U2, and the Great Big, and Great Big C. Suddenly, I didn't belong. I'm not a real fan. Third place out of millions of singers is not good. What WTF? I know, but you're on an Elvis fan site, and everyone's gonna like jump in, and they're gonna like wanna defend their boy. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. It's gotta go that way. Uh, Lord Genome 76 says, Great streams last week. I think we can all agree that the highlight was the two to three arguments over Ben Platt and the Evan Hansen movie. I got to ask, did you two plan all that out or was it truly spontaneous? Really funny and you stopped before it got uncomfy. Wow, now I got to go back and... Uh, no, I thought those were hilarious. No, they don't, you know, John doesn't... They don't usually... John doesn't plan... So, he plans his show out. John sends out show notes and he sends... He plans his shows... They're not haphazard, but I can't imagine they scripted that exchange. The the exchange is, because it was pretty funny. Not that it can't be funny, but but I mean I think that those were genuine. I could be wrong. Maybe they're not. They look genuine to me. A dangerous D says, Hey John, I saw a mini doc of actor Randall Tex Cobb. He was in Kickboxer before the sport was famous, then changed to boxer. He fought L. Holmes, Ken Norton almost fought Ali. His films were my favorite, Uncommon Valor, Digstown, Ace Ventura, Blind Fury. Isn't Tex Cobb, I mean, I remember him, and I loved him in Uncommon Valor. Was he in The Abyss? No. Am I thinking the wrong thing? Blind Fury, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I'm a Randall Tex Cobb fan. Um, so there you go, yeah. I mean, by the way, Uncommon Valor, I saw that in the theater too when it first came out. Ah, it makes me want to watch it again. Uh, I'd love to see that documentary. Where'd you see it? Where was that documentary about Randall Tex Cobb? Reptar King says, Hey, John, have you been watching Heels? I have not. It's on episode three now, and as a casual wrestling fan, I've really been enjoying it. A storyline reminds me of an event that happened in the WWF featuring a good Canadian kid, though. I had to order stars for it. Worth it. Yeah, but is stars worth it? Um, I, I've heard Heels is actually quite good. So I, I've never watched it. I need to watch it. Um, but I would definitely check that out. I don't know if I, I don't know if I would flip for stars though. I mean, if I had to, probably, I guess so. Uh, Anonymous says, "Hey, John and guest, that'd be me." 
Uh, what movies can you only watch once because of content, acting, writing, etc.? Ooh, it's a good question. I will say this. I have never been able to sit through Gaspar Noe's um, Irreversible all the way through. There's a 10-minute protracted rape scene I, I can't watch. I know. it's I, Maybe it makes me um, less of a man, but I'll, I'll admit it. And uh, that's the movie I, I could never get through get through it once. But other than that, I'll watch anything else, you know, for the most part. There's nothing in a movie that would make content-wise, unless it's just bad. That was just I just the brutalization of a woman, especially Monica Bellucci. I couldn't hang with that. It was too, too difficult. Reamer Bulldog sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, I got my tickets for Shang-Chi, and I'm so excited for this movie, especially from all the praise it's getting. But I'm also concerned that if every MCU movie isn't great, then it's considered a disappointment. What are your thoughts? You know what? I, I think you're right about that. I mean, we're so used to seeing these movies. I, I mean, I even like Captain Marvel. I didn't love it, but I liked it. I went and saw it like three times in the theater. I liked it. But I think we expect so much of these Marvel movies that when they're not 100% or, oh, my God, it's not a... It's not 99% on Rotten Tomatoes that it's a failure. But, I mean, God, there's now been... Shang-Chi is the 25th MCU movie. 25th. And I'd say for... If you take all those... The quality of those movies is pretty high. You know, you got to be pretty stoked about that content. I mean, pretty, pretty high. So, uh, but yeah, I, look, Shang-Chi is really, really... It's really fun. It's really fun. Um, so, yeah. Reamer Bulldog says, hey, John, I feel so bad for all the cast and crew who worked on Death on the Nile because of Army Hammer's horrible actions. How can studios prevent this from happening again? Yeah, uh, Reamer Bulldog's talking about how Army Hammer has been accused of weird uh, weird sexting and bizarre. I mean, he talking about eating women, like literally eating them, cannibalistically eating them, stuff like that. I don't know, you know. Um, was he prosecuted? Did He, he might have done, look, those are creepy and weird, but... I don't know. I mean, I liked Army Hammer. I I hope he comes back from from this craziness. I don't know what what what's up with him, but you know, it's kind of nuts. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, you go on to say he goes. Uh, Reamer goes on to say, I feel like people who make a mistake should get a second chance, but others like Army Hammer should never work again. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, Army Hammer. You know, I, I don't know exactly what he did. I only heard that he, he said some bad things. I mean, if he's if somebody's really abusing another human being, like literally hurting them, whether it's mentally, physically, cancel away. You know, that that is that is kind of true. But you know, if you take things out of context, I never want to get in the middle of people and their whatever their play is together. Whatever they do, they might have things and if, if somebody's creeped out by it, that's weird. Um but uh you say Army Hammer should never work again. I, I, it's hard to say that because I just don't know everything that he did. I don't know if he should never work again. I mean, what are we going to do? Take away people's abilities to make uh, uh, to work uh, for the rest of their lives? We can't do that. What are you going to do with those people? Um, but then again, it depends how what you've done. I mean, he hasn't been. He hasn't gone to trial. He hasn't been. Uh, he hasn't been. He's not a felon. He hasn't been arrested. I don't think. So we have to think about what is our. How does our society work? So I don't know. It's a tough one. I don't know enough about what Army Hammer did other than he tweeted things and talked about being a cannibal and wanting to eat people. I'm like, ah, that, I don't I don't really necessarily take that as seriously as I probably should, but it was a little weird. 
Uh, Shockwave says, hey, John, one of my favorite action scenes in the MCU is the highway battle in Winter Soldier. So the bus scene from the trailer in Shang-Chi gave me similar vibes. Oh, I'm not saying anything, but it is a very good action sequence. Pierre J sends in a tip and says, I watch all the videos you and Aaron made for CinemaCon. Not only were they informative and entertaining, but really fun and enjoyable to watch. Great job to both of you. Bummed I wasn't there. Damn it. Bummed I wasn't there. Anton Riley says, hey, John, I know you've given up on My Hero Academia, but have you ever watched the movie Sky High? I like the Sky High. It has the same premise, and the main character doesn't speak or cry. Thanks. And bring on the filthy. Sky, I like Sky High. I, I, I'm sure John is, must have seen Sky High. But yeah, it is similar to My Hero Academia. Look, I'm looking forward to the live action My Hero Academia. I think it's going to be pretty good. I, I hope. hope so. Uh... Ginny Moo. Ginny Moo says, how one of three. Hi, John. I recently found out that one of my favorite talents in the industry, Brad Allen, had passed away earlier this month. He was a brilliant stunt coordinator who began in the industry as the first non-Asian member of Jackie Chan's stunt team. He later worked as the action choreographer and the second unit director on many films such as Hellboy 2, Scott Pilgrim, Kick-Ass, Kingsman, and most recently, Shang-Chi. He helped craft some of the most amazing stunts and action sequences in Hollywood. It's bittersweet seeing how many people only now realize they were huge fans of his work. Edgar Wright wrote a touching tribute on Brad for Empire that's worth a read. He was really at the top of his game, and this is a sad loss. Uh, what Ginny's talking about is absolutely correct. Uh, Brad Allen did work for Jackie Chan, and I'll tell you something. His stunt coordination and fighting choreography in Shang-Chi is really fun to watch. It's really, really, really good stuff. So, Jenny, I want to thank you for writing in and uh, telling us all about that. I'll go check out Edgar Wright's tribute uh, in Empire. Your tribal chief sends in a tip and says, uh, one, one of three. I know it's just a title and doesn't mean anything, but after seeing Sony change their Spidey Universe name from Spumpk to Sony Spider-Man Universe, which is a much better name, let's be honest, and the Sony-Marvel breakup that almost happened two years ago, I've never felt as strongly as I do right now that either one of three things is going to happen. One, Sony will pull Spidey out of the MCU after No Way Home. Two, if and when Toby and Andrew show up, one of them will stick around in Sony's universe while Holland stays in the MCU. And three, Miles Morales is Sony's universe and Tom stays in the MCU. Another factor to add is Keaton's Vulture and Morbius. What does that mean? I know you disagree with having two Spider-Man in two different universes, but hey, anything's possible. We'll see. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to speculate on where they're going to go with that. I mean, uh, we'll see where it goes. But I, I, you know, they don't want to dilute their brand. And right now, Tom Holland is the brand. But bringing back those two characters is pretty inspired. And people are going to love it. And we'll see what, we'll see what they do. I mean, I, we're going to know soon enough. I mean, what, September, October, November, December, four months away. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait. I mean, it looks really interesting, and it looks like it's a lot of fun. A lot of questions about this movie. I think people are excited. BK Dan says, John, in today's entertainment history, August 30th, 2003, Charles Bronson died. Oh, I didn't know that. R.I.P. Charles Bronson. He's digging tunnels like Charlie Bronson. Uh, I am a huge fan of Charlie Bronson's. Um, the man with the harmonica for Sergio Leone. Uh, it's sad that we lost him. But um, he was amazing. He was amazing. Tribal Chief 
uh, sends in a tip and says, ironically, Tom Holland's contract is up after No Way Home. If Sony pulls Spidey out of the MCU, do you think he has any interest in being in Sony's universe, or will he only re-up if he's in the MCU? In my opinion, I hope he stays. I can't take another Spidey reboot or recast. Well, I think they're not going to let him go because there's too much money involved. They're making a lot of money off those movies, so I would imagine, you know, he'll stick around. But, hey, anything's possible if they can't come to terms. But Tom Holland's probably making a fortune on these movies, so why wouldn't he sign up? That's interesting, though, that it is it is over after, the, after that. If it is, that means that, um, well, there's going to be negotiating because you don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. Remember that. Uh, Harry Talks Movie sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, I was wondering if you've been watching the new Stephen Amell show, Heels. Uh, we talked, somebody's asked that earlier. I don't know if he is. I know I haven't. If not, I highly recommend it. We're only three episodes in, and I'm already loving it. Well, that's good. Uh, I might have to check it out. I'm glad Stephen Amell is working. Again, I really like him as an actor, so I'm, if you like it, I bet it's good. So I'll have to check that out. Ryan Lohner says, as a child of the early 90s, my introduction to Ed Asner was as J. Jonah Jameson in the Fox Spider-Man cartoon, which I highly suspect was a big influence on J.K. Simmons' performance. It's now on Disney Plus and holds up incredibly well. R.I.P. to one of the greats. Yeah, he did. For what Ryan Lohner's saying is that Ed Asner, who passed away at, what, 91 yesterday, um, he was J. Jonah Jameson and in the Fox Spider-Man cartoon. And he was great. He did. He was also in Gargoyles. The animated gargoyle. So he did a lot of great um, VO. Uh, Gabe Baker sends in a tip and says, We wondered if What If would come out this year and its trailer finally released about a month before its premiere. With Miss Marvel, what's the latest we can see a trailer for a possible October release in the next few weeks? How much marketing is needed? Well, that's a good question, Gabe. I, I've heard that Miss Marvel might have been pushed into next year, although I don't know. Uh, I would imagine if there, if it is coming out, we'll probably see marketing step up and, um, I mean, the next thing, what is the next Marvel show? Is it Miss Marvel or is it Hawkeye? Um, will, will, if, if it's going to be this year, we'll probably see it in the next month. I would imagine. I would hope. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Vigo's Kitten sends in a tip and says, Hey John, love the show. And I'm jealous you got to see ghostbusters afterlife at CinemaCon. that is so awesome man obviously you signed an nda that said can you give a vague review of the film or at least confirm the involvement of the og crew uh nope a non-disclosure is a non-disclosure and actually john didn't even disclose anything to me so i can't answer that and spoil the shit out of the movie for you but i would if you wanted me to i don't know i do not know brian walmer Brian Walmer says, hi, John. In the final season of Lucifer, it seems that they're going to go, they're going the animation route for the third episode while it will be animated by the team behind Harley. My question is, what are your thoughts on studios doing this as of late? Good or bad idea? Well, Brian, it, again, like everything, it depends how it's done. I love the idea. I mean, I like, I grew up loving animation, and if it's good animation and it's fun and it works all that, I think it can be great. I think it can be great, but... If it's not done well and not really thought through, and if the animation kind of blows, I don't like it. Uh, Stubbick Shave says, Hi, John, here in Sweden, as well as many other European countries. Dune will open September 15th. Do you think they want to, one, create buzz, two, get a big international box office before it's released on HBO Max, or three, both buzz and international box office? I think Stubble, they want to do all of those things. You know, it's opening in Europe. 
people are going to go. Uh, it gets a head start on its domestic release. They can try and I think they think that, you know, people in Europe, as we all know, are just smarter than Americans. Aren't you all? Aren't you all? So you'll go to Dune before we will because our our uh, infantilized brains can't handle such an adult-oriented entertainment. No, I don't know. I think, no, I think you're right. I think they're going to generate the buzz. And they um, they want to get some good box office and see what they're dealing with before they put it out in America. I can't wait. I can't believe people are going to see that movie in two weeks. It's amazing. Uh, Trevor Powers, hello, Mr. John. You always talk about how you've only given seven or eight movies a ten in your career. Can you tell us your list? Uh, can you tell us your list of movies you have rated ten? And if Rob is still with you, Rob, what are some movies that you have given a 10 to? Bring on the filthy. Well, Trevor, I can't speak for John. Uh, movies I would give a 10 to. Godfather 1 and 2. Get 10s. I give Amelie a 10. I talked about Amelie today. I would give All About Eve. Uh, my the, the All About Eve and All That Jazz. 10s. Maybe Empire Strikes Back would get a 10. There's actually a lot of... I'd give Casablanca a 10. I'd give Citizen Kane a 10. I'd give The Road Warrior a 10. Uh, I'd give most of Stanley Kubrick's movies 10s. Certainly Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, 2001, Doctor Strangelove, The Killing. Uh, yeah, those are 10s. Apocalypse Now, I'd give a 10 too. I don't know which version, so don't ask. I can't, can't decide. Maybe the theatrical... Um. Yeah, I'd give The Exorcist a ten. Patton, maybe there's a lot. I don't know. I have to think about it. Now I'm I'm gonna get lost in thought. I'll get lost in thought. Um, but that's a great question. Lawrence sends in a tip and says, "Wasn't there a Lionsgate presentation at CinemaCon? There was. I think it was the last one. No." I, I think John did because he saw the Samaritan preview. So uh, I, that's a good question. I don't think I watched his wrap-up, but he must have seen it because he was talking about the Samaritan today. So the new Stallone movie. Powers Power sends in a tip and says, Hey, John, I agree fully with, the, uh, with, I agree fully with you on the Snyder Cut. When the review bombing happened, my first thought was, Who raised you people? But I think you got the quote wrong. Nana taught me that the squeaky wheel doesn't get the oil. The squeaky wheel gets replaced. Amen. Amen. Uh, Super K Wokers 9000 <laughs> says, yo, I've been watching religiously since the 2020 D23 presentation. So first time tipper. I actually wanted to not watch your show this week to avoid Shang-Chi spoilers, but can't help it, especially because you'll be talking about Spider-Man. I know we won't be spoiling Shang-Chi that much. You got to see it. Um, yeah. Uh, BK Dan says, John, my prediction for Shang-Chi is 65 million. Wow, I went to 50 over the four-day weekend. I know it'll only do 40 to 45 over Friday and Sunday, though. Well, you know, it, it, I'll tell you. I think once people start seeing it, they might, they might, they might really like it. They might. That's what I would say. That's that's what I would say. Uh, well, listen, that that I didn't have only had uh, twenty seven pages of questions to answer. Not usually my normal bill of fare. So this was a fairly short one today. I want to say thank you to our generous watchers and supporters. Thank you so much for supporting the John Campia Show via tips and super chats. It is very 
much appreciated. I personally, once again, want to say thank you to John Campia. Uh, now that we move into September, he and I have been streaming on his channel together for three years. So thank you, John Campia, for having me on the show. And uh, it's been great. So, once again, Robert Meyer Burnett, your Duke of Dope Discourse, signing off for the John Campia show. Thank you all for watching these companion videos. I love doing them. And um, thank you. And I hope you all continue to watch the John Campia show. You can find me on my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Work, or on social media at Burnett RM on Twitter or Robert Meyer Burnett or RM Burnett on Instagram. Hey man, give me a follow on Insta. I publish lots of fun stuff.